0: We are going to talk about foreplay today. But before we do, please be reminded that emotional factors are a much stronger determinant of sexual satisfaction and orgasm frequency than biological or practical factors like sexual frequency and lack of foreplay. So make sure the emotional connection gets most of your focus and then consider what we have to say in this episode.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gandell from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving and passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for.
2: Mm, Keyword on passionate there.
0: Yes. Uh, We have an insightful episode for you this week. This is episode number 160. And today we're going to be talking about factors that affect orgasm.
2: Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed what to do when your parents or your social circle do not approve of your spouse. So go back and check that out and then come back and listen to this one. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't...
0: If I was somebody else, I would just listen to this one first. (laughs) I don't think that's a realistic thing to ask of people, Verlinda.
2: Well, you know, maybe somebody would. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows.
0: If you would listen to an in-law episode before an episode on sex, you got some serious (laughs) in-laws. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. And again, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. All right. Let's talk about foreplay and orgasm. Okay. And, And I want to begin by just reiterating the disclaimer in our opening comments for today's show. A study from 2008 showed what we probably all know already, that individual relationship variables like closeness intimacy, and that's like emotional, spiritual, and physical, marital mm-hmm. satisfaction, etc. Those things predict female sexual satisfaction over and above biological factors and practical factors like sexual frequency and length of foreplay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about these latter things, but if you want to improve your sex life, you'll actually get the most benefit from improving your emotional connection to one another.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which again, by the way, is another great reason for getting marriage counseling. Ooh, Often with like the The approach that I use, some approaches come directly at sexual issues. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing sex therapy, you need to do sex therapy. Okay. But a lot of distressed couples that come to see me, we fix the relationship. And then usually about, I would say 80% of the way through the counseling sessions, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, by the way, things are going way better in the bedroom. It just kind of falls into place. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, foreplay and orgasms, beginning with the duration of foreplay. So what's interesting about this research is that there are some general observations, but the research also really seems to highlight the fact that everyone is unique. Yeah. Every couple is unique. So there's no recipe for orgasm. It's more like a journey of discovery that a couple needs to tackle together and explore together over time. It requires gentleness and collaboration and curiosity. Mm -hmm. But as an example, a couple studies we found indicate that increased time spent in foreplay is often linked to increased probability of orgasm. Okay. No surprise. Yeah. But if you are experiencing some kinds of sexual dysfunction, then there may be no benefit to spending more time in foreplay. Another study from 1981 looked, uh, examined 619 women who reported sexual dysfunction, and they found no support for a link between length of foreplay and female orgasmic response. So if you have a dysfunction uh-huh. happening, then the dysfunction, the you know, more foreplay may not be helping you.
2: And what do you mean by helping you? Like helping you reach orgasm? A- yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that's just kind of a caveat on that one. Now, the duration of foreplay may differently affect women depending on how regularly they already achieve orgasm during sex. So this is interesting okay. as well. So extending foreplay and intromission, which is penetration, might enable some women who are already orgasmic to have more frequent orgasms than they would under shorter periods of stimulation. Okay. Okay. For women who already achieve orgasm, at least some of the time, increasing foreplay can make orgasm even more regular. But for women then who rarely or never achieve orgasm, the duration of foreplay appears to have little effect. Interesting. So this again suggests that foreplay is not the main issue in sexual satisfaction and orgasm. If you already have the emotional connection, then foreplay can help. But if you don't have that connection, then foreplay isn't an adequate replacement. It's like if we don't actually love each other, but we're kind of having sex to do our marital duty, there's no amount of foreplay it's going to make up for the fact that mm, we our don't emotional have that bond. Connection. Yes, okay. which really points to this thing that you know, sex is not just a behavior by itself; it's love making. Right. Right.
2: Right. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you here is yeah. that if you haven't had an orgasm, there's not really much hope.
0: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So, are you
2: going to get to that further on, or are we... no?
0: Let's actually just sidebar on that. Okay. So where should we start on that? Like, if you're rel- are we going to assume that we're talking about maybe a, a younger wife or or someone who's uh, relatively sexually inexperienced, or maybe just several years into the marriage hasn't had, had. an orgasm? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's like because I mean whole...
2: we've had questions about that.
0: We have, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to just think of where to go with that because that's almost a whole other episode. But
2: I know, I know. But like, is there hope? Is there a chance? There, like, if you haven't had yeah. an orgasm, is yeah. there hope
0: for you? Yeah. So usually folks coming from this background haven't had a lot of sexual training or information from their mom. Okay. Right. And so you got to figure it out. I'm assuming there's no dysfunction at play. Mm-hmm. You got to, you have to figure it out is where that goes. And often again, like the, the best recommendation there is just kind of, if you guys are both game for this and like we come from a um, a Christian faith background, so that background doesn't promote the idea of masturbation. No. Okay. But in this particular case, I think it might be a good idea for a wife to run a hot bath and light some candles, just kind of set a little bit of a mood and get in the bath and explore yourself and just figure out what starts feeling good and masturbate until you achieve orgasm. Just follow the pleasure pathway. And it's just kind of, it's kind of figuring out what's down there, what works and how you're going to do all that. And then you can bring that to right. your husband. You can husband. bring that information to your marriage bed. Now you don't have the pressure of trying to figure that out with someone else who has an erection and is tapping their fingers and kind of waiting for you. Right? <laughs> right. Okay. So that, that little, that self discovery, that exploration, that can be very useful to help you achieve orgasm in bed with your husband or wherever with your husband.
2: Okay. Does okay. that,
0: what do you think? Is that okay? Yeah. Just what, without sort so of getting. It, that well, just kind of takes sec. the we pressure had, off. Uh, it does take the pressure off. We, we a, have
2: a whole episode on how to reach orgasm.
0: Yeah. How to have your first orgasm. That's number uh, 56. Seven? 56? No, that's the housework one.
2: If you send people to a housework one, when they're expecting one about
0: orgasm, it might be. That's not. going to be a huge disappointment. It's 57. <laughs> OIF.link slash 57. Okay. So look that up. Okay. I have your first orgasm. So we'll refer folks there for now. All right. And if you need help with any of this information-wise, psychoeducation or counseling, just give us a call or shoot us an email. Yep. So next thing is, and this is kind of a funny statement to say, but there's high levels of variability between women and I'm not meaning to apply that multiple sexual partners, but just that we need to, uh, a woman needs to manage her expectations about her own personal experience. Some women achieve orgasm with little or no foreplay, and some remain inorgasmic after 20 minutes or more of foreplay. Hmm. So, and there's also high variability in the desired levels of foreplay. So, when a questionnaire about their ideal foreplay length was given out, different men and women reported anywhere from less than five minutes to more than 30 minutes.
2: And that's different men and women.
0: Yeah. So, And I think this is valuable because someone actually sent us this question, mm-hmm. right? And so I can't tell you how much foreplay your wife needs. That's something for you guys to figure out.
2: Right. And that's where the curiosity and the...
0: And patience. Patience and everything yes. comes in, gentleness. And again, think of it as, as love making. So this is how you're loving each other is figuring this part out as well. Right. Okay. Like, right.
2: I think some people come to the marriage thinking like sex is just going to work. Yes. Whereas like... I don't know what your favorite foods are. I don't know like any of that stuff when we first get married. So why should I think that I'm going to know everything about you sexually when we first
0: get married? Right.
2: So it is a learning.
0: There's a learning curve there. So let's, let's normalize that and accept that and take the pressure off. Yeah. 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 All right. The nature of foreplay is also worth considering in addition to the duration um, issues. A couple of researchers, Hoon and Hoon. I always have to wonder about marriage researchers. Married researchers doing research on sex. But anyways,
2: <laughs> K- well.
0: they found that women who who were most satisfied with their sexual activity and responsiveness enjoyed foreplay featuring one, gently seductive erotic activities; two, breast stimulation; three, genital stimulation; and four, varied foreplay. Okay. So these women that they were interviewing enjoyed high satisfaction with their sex lives, frequent sex, and consistent orgasm. They were also unresponsive to erotic. Literature and media, as in pornography, which is interesting. Yeah, The consistency of orgasm was also linked to a greater understanding of the the physiological changes that occur during orgasm.
2: So like educate yourself.
0: Yes, exactly. Huh. Direct clitoral stimulation was also strongly correlated with frequency of orgasm. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be any surprises there. So sexual behaviors directly targeting the clitoris during foreplay are good for arousal and orgasm. And part of, part of that includes uninterrupted pressure, uh, rhythmic stimulation, and also external genital friction. Those are all important. So there's Those some are, good practical tips there. Yeah. Now, once again, we have created a bonus guide for our much appreciated supporters. This guide will help you get your own expectations about foreplay out into the open and your spouses so that you can start creating a more enjoyable sexual experience. And this guide helps you to discuss the quality and the quantity of your foreplay. So if that's a discussion you need to have, make sure you become a patron of the marriage podcast for smart people. If you have not done so already, and we'll just take a quick 60 second break to tell you more about that.
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often high expectations lead to disappointment. Communication breaks down and the struggles of day to day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
0: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about the duration and nature of foreplay. Let's talk about compatibility now, Verlinda. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, Well, it's maybe not the kind of compatibility that immediately comes to mind. When we talk about compatibility in the context of romantic relationships, we're often asking if two people can get along with each other. Right. Are they compatible, right? But sexual compatibility is about things like interest in sex, interest in duration, and the type of foreplay. And communication about sexual issues,
2: okay. So like, do they have the same interest in duration? Yes. Is that what you mean by compatibility?
0: Yeah, almost you know, a better word might be alignment, just getting aligned with each other on these other bits, okay. I think it's almost universally true that there's difference in desire and frequency and of those things, right? So, and even, and men and women work differently. The physiology and even the orgasmic process are different. Mm-hmm. And what happens around this compatibility issue is the couple gets out of sync or they lose patience with each other, or they take the differences that exist personally. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want more foreplay with me, like I'm not worth the time. Whereas it may just be a difference in, in like interest or and appreciation of how much foreplay should happen.
2: Right. Or is could be a person's own perception That their spouse is losing patience.
0: Yes. And then now from that, you might have sexual distress as a result of problems in this compatibility issue. Hmm. If this gets extremely out of hand in the coupleship, like it becomes severely, uh, like there's strong emotional issues, there's anxiety tied to it. Mm. It's even possible for sexual dysfunction to follow and the inability to orgasm. Because we're so tensed up about how this has like not been handled well in the past or something like this, right? So it can be a lot of wounding and hurt around this. Okay. And pain that develops. And it's a very personal thing. Very personal. Yeah. So problems from not discussing preferences and not finding the right balance of foreplay and activities, it may be more important, it probably is more important than simply looking at duration. Okay. Um, One researcher said that 42% of women complain that there is too little foreplay in their sex lives.
2: But that means that 58% think that there's not too little.
0: Right. Which is good. Yeah. This is still a significant chunk of people though, right? That is. Yeah. Yeah. And in that case, if you think about it, it may not even be the lack of duration as much as the lack of working together on duration.
2: Mm. That's kind of
0: what we're saying here. So communicating your preferences is key. Often men and women, and this is a really interesting study, they fall back on gender stereotypes in determining how to act in foreplay and sex. It's almost like it's just a true view in bed, but you're yeah. actually having sex based on culture, not on what you guys enjoy. So, oh. So listen to this. Here's a study that will challenge stereotypes. This is from 2004. They interviewed couples about their actual foreplay duration, their ideal foreplay duration, and what they thought their partner's ideal duration would be. Okay. And they found that both men and women reported that their ideal foreplay duration was longer than what they were actually experiencing. Okay. Both men and women wanted Wanted more foreplay. Okay. Women significantly underestimated how long their husbands would want to spend in foreplay. Hmm. Men wanted to spend longer in foreplay than their wives thought they would. Interesting. And men were fairly accurate in their estimations of how much foreplay their wives wanted. So the wives were inaccurate. The men were accurate. Huh. That's very
2: unusual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> nice. Smart remarks aside though, for Linda, but this is the culture piece, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because we're socialized to think that women want all this foreplay and men just want wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Right? Get it over and done with. I
2: think short and to the point, like you had short in the notes, the would have been more appropriate.
0: Well, they both work. Both men and women believed in stereotypes that men want sex to be short and to the point, while well, women want longer and foreplay, even when this was not true of their own marriage. Huh. That's so what the they thought they
2: were different than everybody else. Okay. No, 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 no.
0: They didn't. They believed in the stereotypes.
2: Well, that's what I mean. They thought, like, even though it wasn't accurate for them, they assumed that that was... True of them. Accurate. Yeah. Yes. Accurate for humankind
0: Yes. So these stereotypes or these cultural scripts and and people's own ideal preferences influence the actual levels of foreplay and intercourse they participated in. So this is why we need to have a discussion about these things
1: mm. and
0: figure this out and, and discuss what's ac- actually going on. They noted that women are also more likely to disclose their sexual preferences, which they were thinking that was why men were better at predicting their spouse's desires hmm. than women were at predicting oh. their spouse's desires. Yeah which says there's conversations not happening like the guys aren't saying how much foreplay they want.
2: Right. Huh. Interesting, hey? Yeah. But like going back to the other stereotypes that men want more sex, like why would a man want to open up and say that he wants more foreplay when he's finally getting sex?
0: Because he's been socialized to think he's finally getting it. Yeah. Right.
2: I'm not saying that that's a good thing. Okay. But I'm just Saying like that could be another reason. It all kind of makes
0: sense. Contributes to itself, right?
2: Because of these social stereotypes. Yes. Interesting.
0: Like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about four other factors briefly that affect orgasm. One, age. Some, and again, this is some, not all research, Okay. shows that it takes longer to orgasm the older you get, or it shows that female orgasm becomes more difficult to achieve with age often due to physical changes like dryness. Okay. Now they noted that these issues can easily be compensated for, for example, by using lubrication, and they don't need to have a large impact on sexual satisfaction. Okay. But it's worth saying because this may just be an unexpected change, so it's good to know about.
2: And it's one of those things to have the conversation. Yeah. Find something that works, be curious. Why is
0: this not working? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Second thing, medical factors, arousal and orgasm. You know, they involve a very complex system of chemical and bodily changes, which can sometimes be impaired. For example, antidepressants can interfere with serotonin production, reducing orgasm rates. Or pelvic injury, surgery, hormone abnormalities, or generally poor health can also cause problems. So asking your family doctor may be wise as well, even for finding out about known side effects of medications that you may be taking. So these could factor in. So age at first, orgasm is the third Thing. That is the third factor, Verlinda. Okay. Younger age at first orgasm is predictive of later ease of orgasm. So younger orgasm experiences are linked to higher orgasm frequency, and that they prime women for sexual activity, help them become recept- receptive to sexual stimulation. This is a study from 2001. Now, okay, that's indicating this. So if you're a couple who is married later in life, you should recognize that it will take longer to, recon- to reach frequent orgasm as you may not have had this earlier experience. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So again, that's kind of communication. It's also giving yourself a break, being gentle, managing expectations.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: I think you can just think about it like neuro pathway stuff. Like you, it's like any, you know, if someone starts gymnastics when they're a 40? child or yeah. playing hockey when they're <laughs> four years old on skates, versus right. learning to skate on ice when they're forty or thirty. Yeah. The learning curve is is longer. It's extended later in life.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah. So same with.
0: Same with orgasms. Too. Okay. And then there's other factors. Now, some things don't have effect, but perception does. So uh, they researchers identify that things like race, socioeconomic status, personality traits, and sexual history, those have been found to have little significant effect. But if you think those things are an issue, the thought itself may be a problem. That can have an hmm. effect. So for example, if you have a longer sexual history than you would like to have, and perhaps you feel guilt over that, that could be impacting your ability to achieve orgasm.
2: Hmm. This goes back to what we talked about in that, how to achieve your first orgasm post, about how your brain is your biggest sex organ. Yeah, for sure. So what you think about, you bring about basically.
0: Yes. Yep. And so then that becomes another area where working with a qualified marriage or a sex therapist can be a really effective way to help find your way through those kinds of challenges, right? Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Let's wrap this up.
2: Okay. Thank you to those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one, Andrea and Ross and Daniel. And Caleb, I think it's really cool to see that both husbands and wives are investing in their marriages. Like it's not just the woman taking care of the
0: relationship or
2: whatever. So that's that's really, really neat. So thank you to all our patrons and Caleb next
0: week. Well, next week we'll be publishing just before November 11th, Veterans Day or Remembrance Day, depending on your country. And so we're going to have an episode on military marriages. So if you're in the military, we want to thank you for your service Mm -hmm. and for all that you do for our country and for your own country as well. And if you're not, we hope that this next episode will give us all a greater appreciation for the full scope of sacrifices that our troops and their families make, their wives as well and their husbands, in order to maintain our freedom and safety
2: that'll be good. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 160. Find out how you can help marriages go to oyf.support. Thanks and we'll see you next week.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.